On this episode of Cannabinoids, we will discuss the establishment of a domestic hemp production program in the U.S. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cannabinerds. My name is Tanya, and I am so glad to be back with you guys. I've been MIA for a little bit. Um, my daughter had some personal things going on, um, so I did have to step away, but I am so thankful to both David and Rachel for doing such a phenomenal job with our podcast. Um, Rachel has been a wonderful addition to our team, so I just wanted to give a little shout out here, um, and then we're going to dive right into our episode for today. Cannabinerds. We're going to be talking about the establishment of the um, hemp production program by the USDA here in the U.S. As we are all well aware by now, the 2018 Farm Bill legalized the production of hemp while also removing it from the list of controlled substances. But since this bill was passed, much of the industry has been erring on the side of caution and kind of operating in uncertainty as we all awaited the set guidelines from the USDA on this matter. So we really weren't quite sure where we were going. Uh, There was no guidelines as far as how to grow hemp. Um, You know, no regulations set forth. Well, folks, this week on October 29th, Uh, The USDA finally released their highly anticipated interim final rule for the regulations establishing a domestic hemp production program. Say that 10 times fast. Um, Since this text is a final rule, it will become effective upon being published in the Federal Register. Um, So I know that's kind of a a big mouthful to wrap your head around. So we're going to go ahead and break this down and we're going to give a general overview of the regulations that are going to be set forth for hemp production. So these are the biggest key points that are coming from these regulations that the USDA just put out this past week. So first and foremost, a farmer needs to be licensed or authorized through the USDA hemp program to be able to grow hemp. Um, Now remember, hemp is required to have below 0.3% THC content. Now this is going to be really important. So it's something that you want to keep in the back of your mind. We're going to come back to this. But just remember, um, anything that's below 0.3% is legal. And that does classify a plant as a hemp plant. Um, Now, currently in the U.S., hemp production is legal in 46 states, except for Idaho, Mississippi, New Hampshire, and South Dakota, who continue to ban hemp production within their borders. So farmers may not grow hemp in states that have still not legalized production. These regulations are not going to change that. You know, still going to be standing. um, Anybody that has not legalized production in their borders is still going to be illegal. This is something that's being um, proposed in these regulations as well. Um, Anyone that's convicted of a felony related to a controlled substance in the last 10 years will not be approved for a hemp production license. So automatically their application will be denied. Not only are they going to be looking at the farmers that are looking to get um, hemp production licenses, but they're also going to be doing felony background checks on some of the workers that will be key players on the farm. Those are going to be working really closely with the hemp plants, that kind of thing. We can dive a little more into that in a little bit. They will be doing some felony background checks on some of the key players in hemp farms as well. So once farmers are licensed, um, they're going to be required to report their hemp crop acreage or basically how much they are or plan to grow to the Farm Service Agency. Doing this will help us get accurate numbers on the amount of hemp that is planted and grown in the U.S. Um, As currently, it's not mandatory for farmers to provide this information. 
Um, so up until now, hemp acreage has been underreported. Hopefully some of these numbers will be more accurate in the near future here now that they're establishing these as part of the regulations and guidelines. One of the biggest parts, one of the key parts of these regulations that are being set forth, and I think the the thing that most farmers and most people in this hemp industry are looking at is the testing procedures. Now, this is the part that may be the hardest to keep consistent due to a variety of factors, but this is where um, that THC level comes back into play. As I mentioned, hemp does need to be under or below that 0.3% THC threshold. So the testing process up until this point has had little uniformity nationwide as the farmers in different states have used different methods. So for example, in some states, farmers would test their crops by taking the top eight inches of a plant and testing that part whereas some farmers would test six inches. The amount of plants that were tested from a crop were also varying from state to state. So like I said, there really wasn't much uniformity as far as how the plants are being tested, how much, what parts of the plants, at what time during the harvest season were these plants being tested. So these regulations are going to kind of provide a little more clarity for that. These regulations are going to require testing to be done within 15 days of the anticipated harvest season. And the reason for doing this, and the reason for setting this time frame, is because THC concentration in cannabis plants increases as the plant matures. So basically, the longer that the plant grows, the higher the potential for crossing that THC threshold. It's a very fine line for legality purposes, so farmers do need to be very wary of this. I personally know some farmers that waited earlier this year to harvest because their plants were growing really well and they thought that they could get more biomass out of their crop if they waited and let them grow longer. Unfortunately, they waited too long and by the time that they harvested, they ended up crossing that 0.3% THC threshold and so they actually ended up losing their entire crop. So farmers do need to be very cautious of this. Now that the USDA and the FDA are going to be taking closer looks at hemp and CBD and the entire industry as a whole, these processes are going to be very closely monitored. Um, and it's very easy to cross that line. Because that THC threshold is easily crossed over, the USDA set that 15-day time limit just to kind of make testing as accurate as possible and make sure that your crops don't cross that 0.3% threshold by the time that you harvest. Now, with this, there's still a lot of confusion. For example, what happens if, a if you know, let's say a farm harvests part of their crop, they send it in for testing, and the lab happens to be backlogged, and they can't get those test results within 15 15 days. Can farmers still harvest while waiting for their test results? Another question that would come from that would be how long do farms have to harvest once that 15 day window is initiated? So for example, do they have to have the harvesting done before the 15 days is over? For those who have never been part of a hemp harvest before, this process can take up to several days and sometimes weeks, especially for larger farms. So if they start harvesting within the 15 days of lab tests and they finish outside of those 15 days, are their plants still okay? Do they have to be retested? It's still kind of up in the air. So the USDA is actually requesting some feedback and public comment and, you know, just more information regarding sampling and harvest timeline. So any farmers or, you know, those who have been in the industry before, if you have any feedback or any comments about, you know, that 15-day time frame and kind of how that's going to affect farmers, uh, and what the grace period or you know timeline should look like, the USDA is asking for commentary on that. Test procedures are to be completed by a Drug Enforcement Administration or DEA registered lab. Uh, the USDA did also release sampling and testing procedure guidelines in separate documents attached to the interim rule. So they didn't include these sampling and testing procedure guidelines 
in the interim rule itself because this kind of gives the department a little bit of flexibility and wiggle room as uh, there's different technologies and procedures that are being developed down the road. So without having to go through all the um, all-out rulemaking, they can kind of tweak things as far as sampling and testing procedures will go. So they kind of set that aside and outside of the um, interim rule um, and regulations that they're setting forth so that they can have that wiggle room as new technologies and new procedures are being developed. So in this set of regulations, they do include a margin of error per se. So for testing results there is room for uncertainty. Um, so anytime that you test for certain levels of cannabinoids, there's always going to be you know, that space for error. They built in this, like I said, margin of error uh, that will help with the accuracy of lab tests and test results. So that leads us to the topic of hot crops or plants that are testing above the threshold of 0.3% THC. Anything above that is considered marijuana. As we all know, marijuana is classified as a Schedule 1 drug still. So as long as a farmer didn't intentionally cross that threshold, they won't face immediate repercussions unless they violate the plan three times within a five-year period. Uh, This will make the farmer ineligible to grow hemp for a subsequent five years after that. So uh, let's say that, you know, a farmer uh, held off for a little bit or they accidentally crossed that threshold. They're not going to face any kind of repercussions unless they do that three times within five years. That's when they're going to have their license revoked. They're going to be ineligible to grow hemp for five years after that. So like I said, farmers do need to be very cautious with that 0.3% THC threshold. With that error of margin that they built in, they have a 0.4% room of error. So let's say that their crop is testing at 0.33%. That room for error could mean there's 0.4% less or 0.4% more. Disposing of hot crops. How do we take care of hot crops once a you know lab has come back and said that this crop has tested a lot you know a lot higher in THC concentration than it needs to be what's going to happen well like I said since marijuana is still a schedule one controlled substance the USDA didn't really have any wiggle room with how they went about the disposal of these plants. I know that a lot of people were hoping that maybe medical marijuana companies could use these crops or we could put them back um, into the soil as like a, a type of fertilizer or, you know, that we could use these plants in some way. But unfortunately, they have, the crop will have to be collected and destroyed by someone who's authorized to handle Schedule One drug substances. So someone like a, a DEA or a federal, state, or local law enforcement officer um, Unfortunately, those plants cannot be used for anything else uh, once they test past that 0.3% THC level. So it's a real bummer. Um, There are a lot of plants that could be used for things that we won't be able to use them for anything. That maybe sometime in the future when marijuana is declassified as a Schedule 1 drug, we can see some improvement in that area. So there uh, also with these regulations that were set forth, there are no restrictions on hemp transportation, which is huge. Just recently, um, this past year, I know that there was a farm who was transporting, you know, millions of dollars worth of hemp from Oregon to Colorado in order for them to process it. And to do so, they had to cross through Idaho. Now remember, Idaho is one of those states where hemp production is illegal. Law enforcement in Idaho actually ended up confiscating the hemp that was being transported through their borders. Uh, With this regulation that was been set forth by the um, USDA, sorry, 
Um, no restrictions on hemp transportation can occur, even in states that ban the production of hemp. So hopefully, with the release of this rule, we can see some shift in financial institutions for hemp farmers and others in the industry here in the near future. I know that there was a lot of uncertainty, not only for the farmers and for those who are working in the industry, but for those that are trying to support people in the industry. So like I said, financial institutions, so banking systems, different types of insurance programs, they all were very cautious about working with CBD companies, with hemp companies, with farmers, because there were really no regulations and no set guidelines for them to work with. So since these this interim rule has been released by the USDA, I'm hoping that a lot of these different institutions will kind of have um, something to work off of and making their own regulations and setting their own guidelines for hemp farmers. So this is going to be really huge for everybody in the industry. This is going to open up a lot of doors and I'm hoping that it's going to just create more uh, opportunity for those who are trying to get in the industry or for those who are already in the industry for them to uh, grow further. So a lot of really exciting stuff is happening Um, That's just a brief general overview uh, of the biggest points that I wanted to hit with this new interim rule. You know, if you guys have any questions, we'd be more than happy to chat with you guys. And we're going to have an article in our show notes. You guys can follow that link and read more in detail about this, these guidelines that are being set forth for hemp production in the U.S. if you'd like. Um, And as always, we thank you for listening and we invite you to join us on social media. You can find us at Cannabinerds Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also visit our website, cannabinerdspodcast.com, to connect with us. We appreciate your feedback, so if you have any comments, any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Cannabinerds.